0: In today's episode, we're sharing eight places that you can go to to find a client as a social media manager. Welcome to JFDI with the two Lauras, where we share tips,
1: advice, and inspiration to help social media marketers to build a profitable business on your terms so you can fund your lifestyle and support your family and enjoy your work. Not a day goes by without someone asking us where you can get a new client. So in today's episode, we're sharing eight places you can find a client. And even if you don't need a client today, keep listening because you never know when you will. We couldn't bring all this free advice to you every week without the support of our sponsors, Agora Pulse. So if you're looking for a new scheduling tool, do go and check them out because they are awesome and are as invested in your success as we are.
0: After this episode, you might still have questions about finding clients and we'd love to help answer those for you. So we'd love to invite you to come and hang out with us in our free Facebook community for our podcast listeners. It's called the Social Media Managers Hub and to join the group, all you need to do is to search for the Social Media Managers Hub on Facebook or go to the socialmediamanagershub.com and then just pop your email address in, request to join, and we'll let you in as soon as we can so we can continue chatting about all of this stuff. Okay, let's get into it then. Eight places that we can find clients. Bush, bash, brush, let's do it. Yeah, quick fire. <laughs> okay, number one, I feel like
1: this is my, potentially could end up being a bit of a rant, um, but let's try to re- restrain ourselves. Or it's
0: just really, really, really obvious. Wow, or.
1: you say that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, can you
0: guess what it is yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, you need to be marketing yourself on social media.
0: No way. I know, right? I know. It's just, I like mean, found. my mind is blown. If I was an emoji, I would be the mind blown one. <laughs>
1: yeah, like this is just a, a given. It's just a no brainer. And in my world, it's a non negotiable.
0: Yeah. If you're a freelance social media manager that isn't marketing your business on social media, it's, Like like what? (laughs) Hey? I don't it's just weird. Because like if a client is looking for a social media manager, even if they've been referred from somebody who they really know know well, they really trust their opinion, guess what they're gonna do first? They're gonna go and look at you on social media. And we've done research about this and we know that people do that, but we also know that people get put off from contacting that person if you're not active on social media and you won't even know that that's happened to you because they won't have contacted you so you won't know that that's happened mm. so please just market your business on social media yeah just do it jfdi F-D-O. yeah
1: there's no excuse 100 percent, no
0: excuse you've got to practice what you preach this whole i'm too busy all of this stuff well if you if you've got space to find a client you're not too busy Because if you're too busy, you wouldn't have time for a client. So let's just knock that in the head. You're not too busy. Marketing your business is the priority. It's more important than your clients. You just need to be organized and disciplined and you just need to JFDI. End of. And Laura had three children under six at home. Was it under six? Under five, whatever age. And you managed to market your business every day. I've got a disabled child who was at home all the time. I managed to market my business every day. You know, unless you've got like 25 kids, five jobs and, you know, 16 dogs, I think you could probably find time to market your business. So let's just. You could even put a post on social media when you're having a wee on the toilet if
1: you wanted to. Yeah.
0: You heard Uh, it here first.
1: (laughs) Marketing (laughs) strategies for you. Just make sure you're constantly anti-backing your phone.
0: But yeah, wash your hands and anti-back your your phone. You'll be fine. (laughs) It doesn't, but I think. You know, don't get me wrong. and uh, Don't go live. But, <clears throat> yeah.
1: <laughs> sometimes it, people obviously work in different ways. And sometimes in an ideal world, you would sit down, you would have dedicated time penciled out in your diary. You would sit down, think about your strategy, and then you'd create all your content in line with that strategy. And, and obviously, to, to work like that and to treat your business like a client is what we would all hope and wish for but shit happens doesn't it and we're as much as we sit here and we say you've got to do this and this is the right thing to help you with your business we're not completely I can't think what the word is like we totally know that shit happens we totally know that you know life can get in the way and sometimes we can't we for whatever reason that time to dedicate has slipped by that week but in my opinion that does not mean that you can't find Five or 10 minutes max to be able to put something on social media.
0: Yeah. And like, the, obviously, we're talking about if you're looking for maybe long term clients, but if you're thinking about offering training or, you know, power hours and all of that stuff, and you're not actually actively doing it yourself for your own account. No one will have any trust in you to pay you to teach them to do it for theirs. Uh, Even if you are doing it for other clients, they want to see the proof, like the proof's in the pudding. So
1: what the worst is, is when you have social media managers and they don't really post strategic content, but what they do do is just go on their stories and talk about how busy they are and they don't have time and, or they're struggling for ideas or they don't know what, you know, you just, we just, I know we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but Just remain professional. Remember, what are my potential clients looking for in me? And, you know, saying that you don't have time and saying that you don't have any ideas is not what they're looking for.
0: No. And as much as you need to be on social media, please do not outsource your social media marketing if you're an organic social media manager. Because why would somebody hire you when they can hire the person you've hired? Mm. You know, if somebody lands on your account and they say, oh, this person's doing an amazing job, and then it transpires that actually you're not doing it yourself, they're not going to want to hire you. They're going to want to hire the person you're paying. So, just bear that in mind. Anyway, let's move on before we rant too much about <laughs> why you should be on social media, because we've got some other great things that you need to be doing too, other places that you can be found. So, next one, referrals. Referrals mm. are a great place to find clients, but they're often thought about as something that happens to you And they're like a a forgotten strategy that you don't kind of think they're something that you can make work for you because referrals don't just happen. People are lazy, they're busy, they're thinking about themselves, they're thinking about what they're gonna put on their toast in a minute. By the way, I'm really hungry (laughs) as I'm recording this podcast and I am thinking about the toast. They're they're thinking about like their work, They're, they're not thinking about you, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So they're not gonna suddenly sit there and think, right, I'm gonna make a phone call and I'm gonna go and refer Laura because she's done a great job. That's not what they're thinking. But if you ask them to, then that's a different story. And if you want to get clients through referrals because you want to find people who are like your existing clients maybe or who are like you know uh, other people in your audience you actually have to do the work and go and ask them to make those referrals for you.
1: I think there's a little bit of mindset issue here isn't there that people mm. don't want to ask because it makes it look like they're desperate or you know they but that is, is normal. It is absolutely normal and you are like missing a trick if you're not kind of carrying out this strategy.
0: But there are ways to do it so that you don't, even if you don't look desperate anyway, but even if you think you look desperate, there are ways to do it that you don't look desperate. So if you're in the inner hub, go and check out the say my name strategy, which is in the members hub. Um, That's where we will tell you exactly what you need to, to say to go and get people to refer you to new, really good clients. So definitely add referrals to your list of places and ways that you can find clients. Number three, Laura.
1: Number three, directory.
0: Just thought so I'd bring people back into the <laughs> this room. This is what I like... have to put up with day in, day out on Zoom, <laughs> by the way.
1: So, yeah, uh, directories. And what we mean by that is not Fiverr. That is not a directory. That is where people yeah. go for cheap things. <laughs> um, yeah, Upwork, Fiverr, all of those ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good directory and there are some caveats with that. There are lots of people who have directories. We have the di- directory meetthesocialpro.com. We consider ourselves to be good directory owners because we invest quite substantially in sending businesses who are looking for social media help to our directory. There are also lots of directories out there that just sit. They're not even you know, SEO'd up to the max, so they're never found. Yeah, they're not even on the first page of Google. Yeah, so... If you're going to list yourself on directories, obviously you're welcome to list yourself on Meet the Social Pro, but just ask the questions, how are you marketing this directory? What are you doing to get businesses on there? Because there's no point being on a directory that nobody can find because what's the point? But they can be a great way to find, um, to find clients. And lots of our social media managers who are listed on our directory have found some amazing clients um, that way. So, definitely consider that. So, that's number
0: three. If you are using directories though, find, and obviously, like Laura said, make sure that they're doing their job. But when you are using directories, find out how that directory works. Mm. So, you can make sure that your listing works for you. So, like on our directory, people can search, they can like tick a, a little checkbox to search by specific platforms or services, but they can also search by keyword. So, with that in mind, you need to think about, okay, for me to be found, what would somebody search for? what you know what services do I want to make sure that I've selected on my listing but also what keywords do I want to make sure that I've got in my um in my actual listing like description and then you want to make sure that you're updating those all the time so you know if you change your niche go and update all of those listings so that you can still be found but you can't do that unless you know exactly how the search function works for somebody who's using it as like a user rather than somebody who's listed on there yeah good tip okay number 4 It's white labelling. I think this is something that people either don't know that they can do or maybe are a little bit wary of it. I don't hear that many people doing this.
1: Do you? Um, Well, out of our world, no. Like I know within the Inner Hub, our membership, there's lots of um, our members who are kind of working together with other people, white labelling for each other um, and also white labelling for other external Agency. So, but maybe that's because we talk about it a bit, but mm. further afield, no, I don't see it talked about particularly openly and it can be a great way to get work. It can be a great way to work with a great range of different clients. It can be a great way sometimes to work with loads of clients without having to account manage, which some people quite like. They just get to do the job, but without having to deal with the client. You know, so it can be brilliant and it can work really well for people. I personally don't like it. I'd rather work directly with a client and get the money, all the money. (laughs) But
0: I 100% understand why some people choose to do that. By the way, if you haven't heard the term white labelling, it's when you are working for like another agency to offer the services. And so the, the client thinks they're hiring the agency, but you're doing the work. Or it might be that you're working like as an associate with another freelancer. So, maybe the freelancer is really busy. But they've got more leads coming in. They don't really want to turn them away. But they need help. So, or they don't offer that specific platform. So, they have other people to help with them. So, white labeling is like you're, they're not seeing your business name. They're seeing the business that you are providing the service to. And the client is kind of hiring that, that business. So, In order for you to white label then, or like work as an associate, you need to build relationships with the people who would need you. So, in terms of agencies, if you think about agencies um, and how they work, quite often agencies have quite high staff turnover because you know, they go and work for another agency or they get more skills. They realize they can make more money as a freelancer and, or maybe those, the agency just can't find somebody with the skills they need. So therefore they look for freelancers who can fill that gap. Um, And like I just said with freelancers, often they're just at capacity or they need help with uh, something that they don't offer. So if you can build relationships with those kind of agencies and freelancers, when they need your help, they're going to come back to you and and, you know, see, you know, can you help me? I need, you know, I need help with this client or blah, blah, blah. Um, so Inner Hub members go and check out the superhero strategy in the Inner Hub that will give you some advice and guidance and a bit of a template to go and pop that into place. But yeah, it's all about building that relationship so they know how you can help them and they can come back to you when they're, when they need your help. Yep. Nice. Okay. Number five. I think this one
1: is, uh, <laughs> it's your, it's just my
0: favorite it, one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> your area of expertise. when we first met, well, when we were aware of each other, so Laura and I, for those of you who don't know, when we started out, we were essentially competitors. Not that we ever really worked like that, but on paper we were. Um, And I used to go in Facebook groups. I wasn't like a big prolific user of Facebook groups like Laura Moore, Um, but I would go in there and try and have as many conversations with people as I could. And it the beauty about being in Facebook groups is if someone asks a question, if you're the one who's giving the answer, then that's great for you to build your kind of positioning and obviously you can get work off the back of it. So I would see someone ask a question and I'd be like, oh, I can answer this one. Off I rush. And I'm quite quick, like well, I always thought I was. And there would always be one comment and I would put money on it. I'd even kind of say, I bet this is this freaking Laura Moore. And there was... Her answer, giving all of the, you know, the, the good advice. And obviously, you know, sometimes I would still post anyway because, you know, people would
0: know that I'm Sometimes I would, you were sitting there going, that's really shit advice, be honest. Yeah.
1: And I would then put the correct <laughs> advice and know that people would, you know, uh, gravitate to Laura Wan and I would walk away with the client. But um, my point is um, Laura was everywhere fucking everywhere.
0: (laughs) And let's be real here. I wasn't everywhere. I was very strategic with where I was. So if, if, you know, Facebook groups is a, uh, they're a brilliant place to find clients, but you have to be strategic. So mm. you don't want to be in those groups that are like the selling groups and, you know, the local like community groups where everyone's just spamming with, this is the best deal we've got on steak in our <laughs> local butcher. Like those are not the groups you need to be in. You need to be in the groups where people who work in the I businesses you, you want to work with.
1: You could go for, in those groups and go and see all the businesses doing that. And then you could reach and out go and buy the buy the steak. Yeah, you could do, you do know that. there's but
0: a better way. That's not how I was using Facebook groups. So I was in Facebook groups where the type of clients that I wanted to work with would be hanging out and asking questions, not in their spamming, right? So maybe it would be um, like groups that were for PR support and there'd be people in there trying to get PR tips or groups that were for like SEO ideas and there'd be people in there trying to get SEO. But when they're in those groups, like they're entrepreneurs or small business owners or whatever, they're not just asking stuff about PR or asking mm. stuff about SEO. They're also asking, oh, does anyone use Facebook ads here or does anyone use Instagram? Has anyone got a tip on how, how do I do this on you know, whatever platform? And so I would hang out in all of those groups as well, and I would turn on notifications for those groups. And as soon as, like, you know, if I had a didn't have a client, and I had space, uh, my phone would be in my hand. I'd be trying to find those clients. So as soon as I had a notification, I would go and look at it, and I would go and answer those questions, mm-hmm. because if you're one of the first to answer, it's more likely your your response is going to get read. But it's also more likely that, like, quite often, the first person who tells you something, they're the person you see as the expert, right? If if you've heard that piece of advice from 15 people, you remember the first person who told you it. So, the earlier you can answer, the better. So, if you've got space, turn on notifications. You can always turn them off again when you don't want them to keep telling you stuff. Um, And just be helpful. Just be a normal, helpful human being. Don't go and post loads of spammy posts, just answer people and help people. But also, and you couldn't do this back in the day, go and update your Facebook group profile So that all the information you need somebody to know about you is there when they click into your profile to be like, who the hell is this woman that keeps answering all these questions? It will tell them. Nice. Um, So, yeah, Facebook groups, definitely recommend. Yeah. Number six. This is something I think we've both done, right? Number six is like guest appearances and guest contents. It's all about like collaborating, really. I would be guest masterclass host in various memberships. I wrote blogs for people. I was on people's podcasts, all of these sort of things that were really easy to just kind of rock up and share some advice. And nowadays, so this is like years and years ago, I delivered free masterclasses in various different memberships. And even now, I'm still getting leads from those masterclasses because those masterclasses sit in a membership hub where new members come and go all the time. They go and watch this training. They're like, oh, who is this person? They then come to you like however long later. So this is like a long strategy, long-term thing where people will come and find you from this evergreen kind of content. Um, you You may get some quick wins. You know, for example, if you on a masterclass or on a podcast were to share a lead magnet, you might get a quick win because people come and join your email list and eventually you can sell to them. But it might be a longer term sort of strategy where people uh, will come back to you over time. You did quite a lot of this as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, lots of it. You just need to be strategic about it, I think, because if you start going down this route and then you end up all of your time is delivering free masterclasses and, and blogs or what have you, podcasts, they take time and you just need to make sure that it's, you're getting in front of the right people, don't you? You want, you know, if you're looking for good long-term clients, don't go giving a load, load of time and effort and value to to get in front of audiences, which are really small, you know, more like little side hustle type things Yeah, yeah. So just be a bit strategic about it would be my advice. Um, but no, I do. I used to love doing it.
0: I know you just said about like, this can really take a lot of time and it can take a lot of time in terms of the delivery, but if you are strategic in your prep, it doesn't have to take that much time. So you can have one brilliant talk that you share every single time. You don't have to change it. You don't have to change your training because you're in a different group. Those people haven't seen your original one. You can go and deliver exactly the same thing. Hmm. So don't think you have to keep coming up with new ideas and new like trainings, new masterclasses. Just do the same thing every single time. Um, Number seven. Is email marketing? We've talked about email marketing all the time, but you need to do email marketing end of like we don't need to go into that too much. But another tip that um you shared with me, which I thought was amazing, was your email signature um, and making sure that your email signature kind of says who it is, what it is you do and all of that stuff, and always using your work email when you're emailing somebody because then, you never know who they know, and they might come back to you and be like, "Oh, I didn't realize you did this thing." So, using your work email when you're emailing people, and making sure that your email signature says who, it, what it is you do, how you help people. You can even put a lead magnet on it. We talked about that before, and people were like, "Oh my god, I couldn't do, I couldn't do that. I couldn't have everything going into my work I'm, I'm Like, don't put all the yeah. We're kids not we're not talking letters. about signing up for yeah. And we're not talking about signing up for newsletters and stuff, but sending somebody an email.
1: Yeah, I don't want to take on a new client, but I still do this. Like, I've booked the kids there. I've got two of my kids' birthdays next month. So I've booked some stuff for their birthday, and I, I use my work address. Like, mm. I would never, <laughs> never take them on as a client. It's just more of a habit now. And then you can get into conversation with it. Obviously, it depends what the business is and what you're doing. But yeah, it's more of a strategic thing. But for me, clearly, it's a habit. But yeah, no, I don't, for example, put the kids' school letters going into my work email. Like I I definitely wouldn't do that.
0: Now, number eight was going to be our last one, but Laura has just put on our (laughs) notes that we're reading as we're recording this podcast that there's going to be two more. So this is a spoiler alert. There are two more coming after number eight. So number eight (laughs) is networking. I hate networking. I'm not going to lie. Like in-person networking gives me the real ick, which is why I used to do it so much on Facebook groups. But it works really well. Some people like it. Some
1: people don't like it. But it I just don't like be, humans
0: in person. <laughs>
1: but, but it doesn't have to be in person, does it? No, exactly, no. Like I'm very fussy about leaving the house, quite frankly. <laughs> so I've got, again, similar. You've got to be a bit kind of strategic about it in terms of is it worth the effort? And But some people love it. Some people absolutely love it, but then you've got the other problem in that you end up going to all the networking events and never actually having time to, to do any work. And then mm. you're like, oh, I can't take on more clients. I'm too busy. It's actually, well, if you just scale back the networking, you might be able to take on another client. Yeah. So I suppose there's two sides to the coin there, but um, it can be good. But I do think you've just got to be careful about how you do it if you don't want to be one of these people who just walks into a room either virtually or in person and just, Pitches,
0: yeah, I would agree. Yeah, by my staff, by my staff, you yeah, know. And I think that's probably why networking gives me the it because all the what, the networking events I've been to have been full of people like that. It's just not my thing. Um, I'm passing a, the floor over to you then, Laura, because I don't know what these two are, so these these are going to be news to me as well as if. <laughs> Number one, it's
1: it's just because something I remembered I used to do, and this the caveat to this is generally speaking, it's for lo- it's going to be local businesses, so. And, and I guess to a degree networking as well and some people don't like like you don't like working with people locally Um, I don't really I have ended up that two of my clients are local but that was purely I think by chance than anything else anyway it's uh, your local newspaper oh yeah I don't know whether you remember Laura I it was years ago now I did my walk home from school same walk that I do every day and there's a
0: massive uh, little bush <laughs> A massive little bush. <laughs> well I suddenly was gonna say like this is why hey, I do all the copywriting, by the way.
1: <laughs> so you actually know what you're getting. Okay. Well, I was starting when I was starting to explain, bearing in mind this is like I'm going with this. Off, off the cuff. <laughs> I didn't I was, I didn't want people to think that I live next to like this big forest. So I had to like <laughs> change it mid-sentence. I had to change it. To be more realistic, because it it is a very large bush anyway. The, in the large bush was loads of newspapers that the paper boy do you still have, oh, girl. Do you still have paper people? Like
0: yeah. So f- I have paper people around me, but their parents drive them around to deliver the papers. What? I know it's weird. Anyway, anyway we digress.
1: <laughs> they were in the in the hedge, um, the local paper. And there was probably, I don't know, 50 papers there. So I took a photo and I put it on my social media and I said, the average business is paying this to advertise in my bush. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is award-winning, I have to tell you. Um anyway and you know what you know what i mean yeah and it did really well it did really really well because lots of business, local businesses who did follow me were like oh my god i advertise in there and i was like well don't spend this come and spend it with me and let's like sort out your state and to be fair it was they were small businesses so they tended to more come on my trainings that like i used to do um oh i have no num- i have number th- i thought number nine no number 10 yeah so look in your local paper If there's people who've got advertising or marketing budget then they will be advertising their local paper but it might not be optimum like we never look at our paper that comes to the door It just goes straight in the like pile ready to burn through the winter yeah. on the fire so okay. just think about that if you've got a local paper and you don't mind working with local businesses or you offer training as well that might work but there are big businesses as well they do like the full double page spread you could just drop in and say i notice you're advertising the newspaper how's your social media I'll do a free audit
0: maybe yeah nice I'm waiting on this number 10 I'm excited now what number is it 10 I think you are like number 10 actually
1: I'm surprised we haven't already put it in is think about what you're actually offering to businesses you can find a client by another route into your business so for example I used to do lots of workshops locally I used to um, have businesses come to me they do the workshops they'd then maybe sign up for like a nurture package with with me and then at some point they would become a client or some people would come on the masterclass, and they would then sign up as a client so just think and we talk about this um a lot and maybe we could link to one um, in the show notes where we talk about your offer triangle in terms of the different services that you offer then maybe you can find clients Looking at how you get those people into your business and maybe constantly advertising social media management isn't kind of working for you at the moment. Um, So try and offer your power hours and think, or a masterclass, and think about how you can convert those people into paying management clients going forward.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to add number eleven, which is relevant to that, which is just go back to all of your warm leads. Anyone who's previously bought those things from you, nice, yeah, going back to them and converting them. Um, so, like where you're talking about in the future, like selling and, and converting them, the people who've already spent money with you, or the people who've already had a proposal from you, or who've ever asked you for you know advice or ideas or whatever, go back to them.
1: Yeah, even if it was years ago, because a business two years mm. ago may have been too small to have invested with you, they may now be taking over the world, and they want to yeah. take you on for the ride. So definitely, um, definitely do that. That's a good one. Because there we go. We told we told you were going to get eight, but you got eleven.
0: I feel like this podcast is totally overdelivered. Like, <laughs> and you know, I'm waiting for my award. <laughs> If, anyway. we do a, if we ever do an award, this is the one that we're going to submit. This where is we the talk one we about for a one Big Bush. Bush. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Totally. We got an award for Laura's Big Bush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! Anyway, we have mentioned a couple of strategies that um, that our Inner Hub members have got access to to help with finding clients. Um, We talked about the same. Our name strategy, the superhero strategy. But if you're not a member and you would like access to those as well, then go to the twolauras.com forward slash Inner Hub to pop your name on the waiting list. We always, always offer spaces to our waiting list before we open the doors to to the public. So that's the very best place to be if you are ready to join us at some point. So that link again is the forward slash Inner Hub.
1: I'm going to go and write my Big Bush strategy next.
0: <laughs> Don't forget to drop into the Facebook group and come and ask Laura about her Big Bush strategy. And let us know on, on uh, your stories as well. Take a screenshot of yourself. Uh, of yourself. <laughs> I That's didn't not, know what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you take screenshots anyway. Take a screenshot of the podcast and let us know where you're her learning about Laura's Big Bush. Pop it in your stories and tag us at the two Lauras um yeah let's just end this before we carry on too much we'll be back next week next tuesday with more advice uh, to help you to build your business without a big bush and so yeah make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't uh, miss it we'll see you then <laughs> bye Au revoir.